If one archaeologist has said it, a million archaeologists have said it. Graham Hancock, Ancient Apocalypse. It's pseudoscience at its best. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fortune and Glory, an archaeological podcast. I'm your host, Mason Hansen. And of course, we're talking about ancient apocalypse because like I said, and as if you're a fan of archaeology and you listen to archaeology podcasts or watch archaeology YouTube videos or whatever it may be, you've seen that ever since this Netflix series, Ancient Apocalypse, got released in I think November of 2022 this has been a hot topic and it just keeps going it just keeps growing more people are talking about it in my archaeology class we're going to have a pseudo archaeology section where we talk completely all about this but as i've listened to other archaeologists and i've as i've done my own research you know and as i already know about pseudo archaeology and the dangers it can present i just wanted to briefly talk about ancient apocalypse because Like I said, plenty of archaeologists have watched this show, have debunked every single claim made in it. Um, People can, you know, want to, they can believe what they want to believe. But at the end of the day, it's pretty well known that most of the stuff that Graham Hancock is spewing in this is all absolute absurdity. And he's telling half-truths and mixing stories together and leaving out key details are just completely avoiding the fact that it's already been proven against whatever he said. But I just wanted to kind of touch the basis, the basis of why archaeologists are so upset with this and kind of give you guys an inside look because I feel like most archaeologists kind of break down the nonsense of these ancient apocalypse, um, ancient aliens on the History Channel type shows. But they never really explain why they get so upset. And some do. I might have mentioned this podcast before, but... uh, Pseudoarchaeology by uh, Dr. Andrew Kinkilla is uh, one of my go-to podcasts. Dr. Andrew Kinkilla is just a really entertaining, funny, smart guy. You can check out his YouTube channel, Kinkilla Teaches Archaeology. Um, I just watch his videos all the time. Uh, He's someone that I kind of look up to in the world of archaeology. And, you know... It's no secret that Indiana Jones is obviously a huge inspiration, but in terms of real archaeologists, he's definitely someone that uh, I look up to. But he was talking about uh, ancient uh, apocalypse and some of Graham Graham Hancock's other work, and he goes into uh, some specifics about this stuff, and he kind of also touched on the idea of why archaeologists are so upset about this. And Graham Hancock, if you've seen this, makes a point to kind of paint archaeologists... Uh, in a poor light. He kind of talks about them being uh, kind of a, an, an elite, as a part of an elitist establishment that really only deals with suppressing information. They're kind of like this Area 51 government type idea where they contort and they mess with history and time and they leave things 
in in the dark for the betterment of themselves or for you or whatever it may be. And I don't I don't know where that necessarily comes from because the whole point of archaeology is trying to reveal these things. And it's not just Graham Hancock either because I recently saw a short clip from, I think, one of Joe, a Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know how old it is or whatever, but they're talking about like secret tunnels underneath the Great Pyramid of Giza and the Sphinx and how archaeologists were talking about going in there and then they never went in there and pictures were taken by someone who snuck in and all these false rumors get spread and these absurd stories. I mean, in reality, if someone told me, oh, yeah, there's there's tunnels, they found tunnels under the pyramid in Egypt, under the pyramids in Egypt and under the Sphinx, but they didn't go in. My first thought wouldn't be, oh, there must be a secret that they really went down there and found, but they don't want anybody knowing. My first thought would be, it's probably too dangerous to go under there. Now, I'm not an Egyptologist. I haven't studied Egyptology. I just know some basic stuff about it. But the whole point of what is said is this weird conjecture of these crazy, absurd things that because there is no proof against them, that they must be true. And I don't know if anyone's ever taken philosophy, but that is an absurd argument to make. Just because something can't be proven false doesn't mean it's true. How uh, Can you prove it true? That's what matters. Proving things true is what matters. So basically the whole spiel about this is that he capitalizes on the unknown. And our the society that we live in has this, I guess society in general always, has had this interest in the unknown. And we as people don't like things being unexplained. And you can look at ancient stories of ancient cultures and the way things worked. And it wasn't necessarily they didn't have knowledge of things. It's just this is what captivated them. They wanted to explain things. And this was a way that made sense to them at the time based on what they knew. And, you know, we try to act like better now. But at the end of the day, people still believe in all this crazy stuff. Now, believing in this stuff is one thing, but I've some of the stuff that Graham Hancock pushes makes me nervous and it makes other archaeologists nervous because as I was saying before, you know, they're upset because they're being painted as these villains when that is obviously not the case. They're not trying to keep information from people. Um they're trying to gain knowledge and educate and reach out to people. They want people to be interested. They want people to be seeking knowledge. But when these false claims are being pushed, that's the opposite. You're just spreading misinformation and pseudoscience, which leads to dangerous paths. Now, a lot of people know about Atlantis. Um, I might have mentioned, I think I mentioned in the introduction episode, uh, you know, it's a it's a fictional story that's supposed to be a representation of society and what can happen to it. But forever, for a multitude of reasons, through the course of time, it has been translated to me to be a literal piece of work of an ancient city that actually existed. Even though, if you read it closely, it has many things in common with actual cities that existed. And, you know, at, at the harm of believing, it's, there's no harm in really believing that story to be true until you take it too far. Because, again, this is kind of a... Everyone knows about 
like the the Nazis, obviously the the world's bad guy, the go to bad guy. And but if anyone knows Indiana Jones, obviously he fights the Nazis. They're going after these things, and those people, those that was actually legitimate. The Nazis actually did do things like that. They had two different um, forces that were their whole operation was simply seeking out archaeological evidence that the Aryan race existed as a superior race because that everything that Hitler claimed, everything that Hitler was doing, it was all based on this notion that the Germans were the descendants of an Aryan race. And one of his beliefs that was that archaeo- that Atlantis was a legitimate place where these Aryans lived and they had supreme powers and he wanted to find evidence of it existing so that he could prove that all his theories were correct. And he got these theories, obviously, from various so-called archaeologists. Um, and obviously, Heinrich Helmer kind of oversaw the whole operation. Um, but there, go, that right there goes to show you the dangers that can occur when you follow down uh, the rabbit hole of these just absurd absurd things um and he also pushes these uh you know obviously the the age old aliens came down and taught you know ancient cultures how to do this and that and obviously that is stemmed on racism of certain peoples uh I think I mentioned this as well, too, before, but here in America, we have the mounds. Cahokia uh, has a giant earthen pyramid that you can go see called Monk's Mound, and it's an incredible piece of work, of super, I, I can't, it's, I can't, I don't remember, I think it's the largest, or one of the largest, I think it might have been the one, of, I think it might have been actually been, at one point, I think Cahokia was actually the largest would have been at its time the largest city or one of the largest cities. I can't remember for sure. But when the first, when people first got here and they saw these mounds, they looked at the Native Americans at that time and they were like, oh, it couldn't have been, these Native Americans couldn't have done this and it couldn't be anyone related to them. It had to have been a lost race. There must have been a lost race that came over here and built these and then they left or something. And it just, for whatever reason, they just couldn't fathom it. Thomas Jefferson actually did an excavation of a mound uh, in Mercevada. And he himself, it was actually quite scientific for its time. Uh, and some people would consider him one of the fathers of archaeology, even though, you know, it wasn't necessarily archaeology. And some people, by thousands of years, had had, had beat him to the punch. And again, not, this isn't, they, it was never considered probably by obviously definitely by today's standards would not be considered archaeology um but he actually did a scientific dig or excavation i should say at a a mound and he determined himself uh through what he had found and the information he had gathered and the evidence he had uh mounted was that the present native americans that he saw the mounds were because of their relatives but again People still wanted to push a lost race theory. There's been plenty of those throughout time. Obviously, the alien one goes to show. But that's one of the reasons why um, 
the archaeologists get so upset with this. And I don't know... I really don't know why Graham Hancock does what he does. Because to me, you would think he would know better. And you would think that he'd have... I just, I'm just so baffled by it. Because I don't know if it's for the attention or if he really believes these things. But, and like, obviously he's presented some like offensive ideas before and, and like came out to say, oh, it's not that way. But he never like straight up shut it down. It's just... It just baffles me to a to a to a degree that I just can't really I can't really get it. It it doesn't add up right to me. Um So it just doesn't really I can't fathom it. It has me baffled. So so where was I going with all this? Well, unfortunately for archaeologists being cast in this negative light has has had some, you know, astounding effects. And I think one of the main reasons why archaeologists always find themselves in these predicaments is because of a lot, a lot of what they do is against... Not necessarily against, but it, it plays um, counter to certain things. Uh, one, obviously, religion. Religion is a major factor that archaeology um, plays against in some parts. In other parts, you know, people use things towards it, um, use discoveries towards it. But for the most part, I think it, it plays against that belief more than anything else. It plays against a lot of beliefs. It calls a lot of things out. But unlike math, like someone could say 2 plus 2 is 7, and everyone knows that they're wrong. And if you ask someone to explain how, how, how they're wrong, it's not exactly the easiest thing to say. These values were given, were attributed these names, and this value plus this value is this value. It's literally impossible for it to be any other value than this value. But with history, with archaeology, there's so much that we know, and yet there's so much that we don't know, that there's these loopholes that although... Uh, a science-minded person will look at all the evidence and go, yeah, with you can't say this 100% in fact. You can't say much 100% in fact. But you can't say this 100% fact, but I see the evidence and it's quite clear that this, yes, indeed, is the case. Other people will say, oh, well, since you can't say it 100%, it, it can't be true. It must not be true. You must be hiding something. Archaeology isn't that complicated in terms of what you get is what you see, what you see is what you get. There isn't hidden stuff, there isn't secret stuff. It's a it's about what you find, what you have evidence to prove. Just because something doesn't have evidence, just because it's hard to believe, doesn't make it any less true. I don't know why it's so hard to fathom the idea that past civilizations were smart. So the worst thing about it is that these pseudoscientists or the people trying to say these things, they what they do is they manipulate the story, and like I like I said before, and I want I just want to mention this again because if you are someone that likes to think that aliens are real, or you are someone that likes to think Atlantis existed, or you are someone that likes to believe these things, it's not it's not always harmful. 
there's a part of the imagination that runs wild. Um, you know, how many countless tales of archaeologists are told with these type of ideas, you know, playing a part of the story. But it's different when you're letting your imagination run wild or you're just like living in this absurd fantasy that you wish was true. And it's another thing to flat out deny these things and believe believe them to their harshest core and kind of re-enhance them in actuality. If one day we do find a sunken city that does turn out to be Atlantis, so be it. I don't think there's going to be an Aryan race that lived in this fictional city, though. That's where the the basic of the basis of the harm comes from. So just to kind of talk in summary of the main reasons why archaeologists are so upset with this Graham Hancock business, it, it paints them in a bad light. It makes them look like elitist liars, people who withhold the truth for whatever reason. I don't know if it's self-preservation or to line their pockets further because they're part of this secret worldwide cover-up where they don't want this knowledge getting out, but that's not really the case. We want you guys to know just as much as we do. A lot of archaeologists love the public aspect of it. They like having people come out, take picture, take pictures, ask questions. If they get fed up, if they get upset, it's usually because the people that come up to them are have been trained by the pop culture aspect of archaeology where they think every excavation is leading to gold or a mummy or buried treasure. A lot of it is just about seeing past people's way of life to see how they lived, what they did, how they hunted, how they acted, how they um, acted within each other, the social hierarchy of the group, of the people, what they did, how they advanced, what ended up causing their settlements to collapse or thrive, whatever it may be. It isn't mummies, buried treasure, Vikings, Neanderthals. It it isn't all that stuff. That is an aspect of it, but it's a very small aspect of it. But the archaeologists like that. They like to talk to people, to educate people. That's the whole point of this podcast, to share the admiration of archaeology with other people, with each other. So when people are painting that whole field into this complete opposite reality of what they are, it's very... Not only is it very hurtful, it's also very discreditive, and it's also a lot of work goes into becoming an archaeologist. A lot of training, a lot of knowledge, a lot of passion. And to kind of have that all be thrown away, like you're selling your soul essentially to keep these secrets, is is very disrespectful. Imagine working... I mean, you you guys probably have worked really hard towards something. Imagine if someone now said that you were the complete opposite of what you are. That'd be like, I did all this for that, just to be looked down upon. And 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 it's coming from a guy talking specifically about Graham Hancock in this one, who pretends, who paints himself as an archaeologist. He's got the, the outfit down. He's got the persona down. He's pretending to be an archaeologist, dressing like an archaeologist, acting like one, and then putting archaeologists down. So that's another reason why he's got people upset. They're painting archaeologists in a bad light while pretending to be one. Another one is playing right into the hand of what people think archaeology is, and thanks to pop culture. People don't want to hear about the everyday modern stuff where a parking lot was being built, so a quick excavation was done when bodies, when a, you know, a cemetery was found, and archaeologists had a week to take up all of these hundreds of bodies so they weren't 
destroyed as a parking lot got built. No one wants to hear about that. They want to hear about the gold founder, the guy who got caught with a mummy that was 800 years old that said he was in love with it. Those are the stories that draw the... Or the gold founder, lost city founder, a sunken shipwreck. Those are the stories that get captivated by the audience, by the worldwide audience that, you know, likes archaeology. And a lot of people do like archaeology. A lot of people are interested. You know, growing up as a kid, I didn't think a lot of people liked archaeology. I thought I was like some, in some like high class... Not that I wanted to be like thought of as a high class citizen, but I, you don't mean a lot. I felt like you didn't meet a lot of archaeologists. Like only in movies did you see them, and people didn't really know about them outside of Indiana Jones. And as I've gotten older, and as I've gone on a pathway to become an archaeologist, I've seen that people. I feel like people mention them a lot more than I remember them doing. So either as I've gotten older, archaeology has become more interesting to people, as I, you know, I'm sure it has as pop culture is kind of taking over and you see more archaeology-based TV shows. But maybe just because I'm in it now, I'm more aware of it. But there's a reality to archaeology and then there's this very fictionalized version of it. And although the reality... Obviously, in all fiction, there is a bit of reality. It isn't as interesting as that. It's not all field work. Every For one day in the field, it's about three days in the lab. It's not all field work. It's not all out there going. It's There's a lot of cleaning and organizing and categorizing and analysis and re- research before and after. Another thing, another reason why archaeologists hate ancient ancient apocalypse, I won't say they hate Graham Hancock, but I have a, I have a disdain towards him, is because, like I, like I mentioned earlier, and I'm touching on it again, the hurtful history revisions that come with it to imply that ancient aliens came to egypt and helped build the pyramids is to discredit and take away the accomplishment it was for it to actually be built to think that native american civilizations couldn't have been created that way they didn't they could how could they have known about growing corn how could they have known about irrigation how could they have known build these grand earthen temples and pyramids that's discrediting them. You're. It's just. It's like the lost race theory that I talked about. So it's 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 very. It's just a it's a backward way of thinking. And it doesn't do any good for anybody. You gotta, you gotta look at it. Think of way back when archaeologists. I say archaeologists loosely. When what archaeology was was more so looting and grave robbing. That was the idea. That oh this couldn't been them this was a lost race lost race or this couldn't have been the Native Americans that we're looking at right now this must have been some European people that had come across on a boat and did this stuff and then they died off or whatever. There's a lot a lot of backward thinking of it and archaeology is trying to move forward as a field we're trying to get we're trying to move past all the hurtful things that have happened. I mean, you see you still see today on our auction sites that there's these uh, private collectors that are selling these rare uh, statues that they must have come into the possession of during this time because you the the they don't belong there they belong to whoever whomever there was whoever it was taken from and the fact that it still exists now is kind of kind of crazy to think about and there there you know it's nice to have things in museums have things in your personal collection to admire what it is but 
if someone came into your house and took your pictures off the wall to hang them in their own house because they really liked the portrait of you that you had done, how I mean, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, take the picture, please, hang it up in your in your wall because you're on your wall because you're you'll admire it just as much as me. No, you would be no that that belongs to me. That's that's for me. That's a picture of my great grandmother. You can't have it. So. There's just a lot of, you look at it and you think, oh, this is just mindless entertainment or, oh, this is, you know, just theories that are being pushed that could be true. You know, they could be true. They're not true. If you have the time and you're interested, do your own research into some of those claims or all of the claims, you will find almost instantly that they're false. And like I said, uh, you can listen to other archaeology podcasts. I've plugged them before. I can't remember if I plugged them in this one or not. Dr. Andrew Kinkilla. He specifically talks about um, some one of Graham Hancock's books, some of his other theories like the Maya astronauts. Uh, he has a whole podcast strictly dedicated to pseudo-archaeology where he hits you know pretty much everything that you can think of. And like I said, I want to talk about some of the things that he talked about because they're just fascinating in general. But for more in-depth thoughts, at least on Ancient Apocalypse, because I have no interest in watching it, uh, check that out. I'm sure I think other people want to... Um, Plenty of uh, archaeologists on YouTube probably have reacted to it already or or are going to. Um, is, I think Mini Minuteman is, I think he, um, I think that's the YouTube name. He is a archaeologist who uh, was kind of blew up in the 20, or early 2020, in the 2020, at least sometime in 2020 on TikTok as he was debunking these um, various tiktoks that people were creating talking about usually something to do with creationist theories or something something about those along those lines but he's gone on his own to talk about his awful archaeology and just a lot of great stuff too so if you're interested in that kind of stuff definitely check those guys out because uh they played a huge huge inspiration to me not only in just being an archaeologist but like all the different facets that you can do um, once you become one, because I think a lot of people that become archaeologists also have this really passionate, creative side. And that's why I think so many of them have podcasts and YouTube channels, because for whatever reason, I feel like that's just one of the boxes that you check when you're becoming an archaeologist. Do you have a passion for creating and, uh, you admire, uh, being creative in all the ways that you can be? Well, anyway, guys, I know I've talk to your ear off once more but that's what you're supposed to do on a podcast um like i said don't feel bad at all like don't act like i'm trying to hate on people or say you can't think these thoughts of aliens and atlantis and crystal skulls and whatever i'm just saying don't forget um that there's real people on the other end of them and that your belief in them as you know, as open and as harmless as they may seem, put it in a certain frame of context and push it to a large audience, and you could be doing a great disservice to the truth and to history in general. But again, like I said, don't ever let your imagination be caged. Uh, but Keep digging, keep doing your own research on archaeology, 
you never know what cool thing you can find, what new discovery will be made. And it, as much as it's mummies and gold and Viking hordes and shipwrecks, it's also uh, ancient toilets with copper lights, copper light found with various parasitic worms festering about. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Fortune and Glory, an archaeological podcast. We'll catch you next time.